Welcome to Get to Biz, a podcast where we discuss business, spirituality, and life motivation for everyday living. We're here to help you navigate through life using these down-to-earth principles and up-to-date knowledge. Now, without further ado, let's get to biz. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Get to Biz. I'm your co-host, Bryant. I'm going to be holding down the show today. Tony couldn't make it, but hopefully have him back soon. Uh, this is another episode of Get to Biz, where we bring you business, motivation, education, hopefully have a little bit of fun. I'm going to try something here today that I haven't done before, so it's going to be a solo act. Uh, but I'm going to try to walk you through some of the principles that you've heard us talk about in a little bit more in depth and kind of step through them as if you were in class. I hope to be able to do this in about 15 to 20 minutes. If not, I'll be sure to do it in two parts. You know, as always, feel free to comment. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at get to biz that's G-E-T, the number two B-I-Z. We're also on Facebook, LinkedIn, as well as YouTube. So we're going to have this video up on YouTube and I'm going to have a map for you to follow along with a journey map as I walk through this. For those of you that are listening via audio, uh, please, please, please go to YouTube and subscribe so you can see this information or pull over in your car and take notes. This is worth hearing. So with that, I'm going to try to, like I say, succinctly walk you through a few things as you start out on your journey. And what you're going to see and hear me talk about, this is for whether you are an early stage entrepreneur and you just started your business, you're thinking about getting into business, or you may already have your business. This is a checklist for you to go through. And the reason I put together this checklist is to make sure that before you put out a large amount of capital, you have a good understanding of what your product is and what we're going to and what it can command in the marketplace. So you're going to hear me go through the MVP. Not the most valuable player, but your minimum viable product. So this is for your good or service that you're offering. Do you have something that the consumer wants? Are you going to be able to sell it? And there are a few easy steps to kind of do this. And, you know, often when I talk to entrepreneurs or anyone in business, they say, hey, I don't have the capital to go out and do this. I can't do this. How do I do it? And so forth. The great thing about this era is that we have the Internet. Uh, a lot of information is out there free. There's a lot of syndicated data that you can get. And you just have to put in a little bit of elbow grease or sweat equity. I promise you, it won't cost you any money to do these things. So if you're ready with that, we'll get it started here. And again, if you are listening to this and can't find any, you're not on YouTube, try to take notes or just a mental note to come back to and listen and take notes or watch the program on YouTube at Get To Biz. So with that, let's get into it. Okay. Now, when I mentioned earlier about the checklist, this is going to be your value creation checklist and what's your MVP. So when you're thinking about creating value, that means that you have an idea that you want to bring to the market and you have a way to capture that value as well. So you think about it this way. You have an idea that you want to propose to the market. Again, you're a startup or you're an early stage entrepreneur, or maybe just still a small firm. You have you think you've identified an opportunity to create value and now you want to capture value. Your value will be captured through your product, meaning your good or service. So if you're starting out, you want to make sure that you do have a minimum viable product. And what I mean by that is viability. How much viability does it have in the marketplace? Is it something that people want? Are they going to pay you for this good or service? So you can start with this simple step. I always say, start with the problem statement. What problem are you trying to solve for the client? In this case, the client could be the market at large. You could be selling to a 
B2B, meaning a business to business where you're selling your solution to another company, or maybe you're selling it directly to the consumer. Either way, what problem are you solving with them? And sometimes when you think about your problem or your problem statement, you know, a lot of people say there are no new ideas out here. So they probably have a solution for that, meaning you're going to offer a substitute or a better alternative. I will say that most of the time people think they have a solution to a problem, but sometimes you have to show them a problem that they didn't know they had. I always use this analogy, it's not the best, but if you had a, before the time of cars, if you had to ask someone, what do they need to get from point A to point B faster? They would have either said a faster horse or a train. They never would have said a car or an automobile. So sometimes you have to show them a problem that they didn't know they had. And that's how you and where your product fits in to provide them a solution. The other thing about your problem statement, again, there's a lot of competition out here. We're in a competitive market. Why you? Why your organization? What's your competitive advantage? What are you offering them to either replace the solution they have, uh, have them get another solution for a problem they didn't have versus going to someone else? Another way of saying this, your value proposition. A lot of times people talk about their value proposition as quality, price, or mine is just better. So you have to have a way to show the client why yours is better, what's differentiating you. And that is truly what your value proposition is. You know, I spend a lot of time, I'm gonna spend a lot of time here because a lot of times people say, well, you're right, the marketplace is crowded, it's extremely competitive, but I'm gonna compete on price. And that becomes your value proposition. You know, price might get you in the door, but it won't keep you there. What are you gonna do when someone else comes along with a better price? How are you gonna make sure you're not displaced? Think about it, if you replace someone else, that means that that client is always looking for something better. So you have to think about what the stickiness is to the customer that you're providing. What I mean by stickiness is what is it about you that's gonna keep you there? How can you build some type of barrier around yourself between you and the client so that you don't get displaced? So we're gonna back up here. So start with the problem statement. Like I said, you already have an idea of what you wanna do. So think about what that solution is doing for the client and how you phrase that to them so that they can see that it's some value there. And then what is it about you that's gonna be different? How are you gonna differentiate yourself? What's gonna be your value proposition? What, which area are you competing in? Again, hopefully it's more than just price, but it should be something that is an enhancement to the client, okay? The next one is market overview. Now you can kind of do these in parallel as you're creating your problem statement, you should become the expert in this. So you should be the subject matter expert. You should know about what your product is offering, your good and service that you're offering more than anyone else. And you need to be able to show the client where you fit in at. And by understanding the market, you can do that. So basically like a state of the union, we've all seen the state of the union address um, that our president gives every year. So think along those lines, what's happening in your industry? What things do they not know? What things should they know? How do you make sure you have credibility in the space? So when you're telling them why they should displace someone else and go with you, they have a reason for doing that. And so it is, it, and that's where you, again, I talked earlier about that sweat equity, a little bit of elbow grease, go out and look. Go out and see, start your, your search engine, you know, Google, I just say their name, Google, and look and see what they tell you about the marketplace. And that's just a general overview of the market. Now, 
diving into it a bit further is the competitive market analysis. Who are the other players in the space? Again, you're offering something to your client. Therefore, they already have a solution. You're going to hear me say this throughout this podcast over and over again. They already have a solution or think they have a solution. So you need to know who are they using today. You need to know what benefit they're providing. You need to know what their go-to-market strategy is or how they were able to get that client and retain them. So who are the other players in your space? Who are your competitors? Who are your peers? Study them. Know them. Learn as much about them as you can. And hopefully, you know, if you do have something that's unique and there isn't a competitive space or there's um, no one else that you can look at directly, find the next closest thing. Something that may translate from that is when you think about a new technology. If you're on the forefront of coming out with a new technology, what is it going to replace? So if you think about, I'll just use the audio industry. If you think about when we went from, I'm really dating myself, from cassettes to CDs and now streaming, whoever came out with the C or when the CDs were coming out, they had to think about what the size of the market was and who the players were. So they looked at the cassette industry. When it went to streaming, they looked to see how people were consuming their music and information via CDs. And so that's how you can do that kind of comparison. And the other thing you want to know, not only who your competitor is, but what are they doing in the space today and why? What are they good at? What are they bad at? What things would you like to pick up from them? What things, lessons can you learn from them that you wouldn't do? And if you're in a hard good or soft good where you're selling something uh, other than a service, where you're selling a tangible product, you need to know what type of promotional activity helps out. So this would be in a case where you're trying to sell something into a retailer or a big box retail. A lot of people say, hey, I want to get my stuff on the shelf at a Walmart, Target, et cetera. This is where you want to look and see how are they being, how are they promoting? How are they driving demand? in the marketplace. What things are they doing out there? Is it through television advertising? Is it radio? Is it all digital media? The reason this is important is because people are going to ask you, how are you going to drive demand? Again, if you're selling into a resale market, so this isn't as, as a, um, applicable to the service industries, meaning where you have, I'll just use an HVAC company or something along those lines where you're working a B2B or you may be in a uh, janitorial type of service space or something like that where you're actually doing a b2b transaction this is more where you're doing a b2c where you're selling to a company you're either selling directly to the consumer where you need to drive demand between you and that consumer or you're selling directly to another i'll call it a retailer who's going to sell to the end consumer they're going to ask you how you're going to drive demand and when i say driving demand that's simply unit sales unit velocity how are you going to get somebody to buy one? How are you going to get somebody to buy two? How are you going to get 10 people to buy 10 and so forth and so on? And they usually have some type of marketing campaign or some type of promotional strategy or something to drive demand. You need to think about how are you going to drive demand in your business? And bringing it back to B2B, if you think about if you are going from business to business to business, you need to think about what's going to be your promotional strategy to get someone to choose you. How are you going to advertise? Remember, we talked earlier on a couple of points around know your peer group, knows who's, know who's competing in the space with you. What are they doing to get more leads, uh, drive more client interaction, and continue to grow their brand and business? You, know, you need to understand that. Again, what are they doing in the market today? So all these activities come together when you're thinking about the competitive market landscape and doing an analysis. The fourth thing here, I'll say it is very important. 
this is probably th this should be really high on your list right after the problem statement of really thinking about what's in it for your client what i mean by that is not your competitive advantage but what are they going to reap from it are you going to increase their revenues are you going to increase their profitability if you are in a B to B, B to C type of environment, this becomes very important. Before they displace or take someone off the shelf, they want to make sure that you're going to have more profitability, that you're going to be able to increase revenues. And I have here, what's the ROI? That's basically the return on investment. They're going to spend time on you. And listen, this is the worst thing that just say if you have an opportunity to meet with a big box retailer and they're thinking about putting your product on shelf, the last thing they want to do is put something on shelf that's going to get them the same dollars they are getting today. So if you think about a shelf, just do this on your own. Go and look at a store. Go to your local store. Uh, for those of you that don't shop online exclusively and see their shelves are already full of products. And if you have a product that you want to get in on that shelf, that means you have to take something off the shelf or they have to take something off the shelf. And the question is going to become that item that they took off the shelf are they going to make more sales and profitability with your item than the one that's on the shelf? The last thing they want to do is take an item, let's just say that does $100,000 in sales, $50,000 in profit, to put in another item that does the same dollars or worse. That was a waste of time for them to do that. So it is very important, and I will say, and particularly in the B2C space. So this is from business to consumer. So you're in use. So thinking about if you're selling again, they'll use a, a big box retailer such as Walmart. They want to know how much profitability and sales are you going to drive to that? And that's going to tie back to your promotional strategy. When I said, what's your demand? How are you going to drive demand or get more people to buy your product? That's what they want to know. So to pause and go back up to the top. As you're thinking about if you have a minimum viable product, what problem are, is it solving? You know, why does a client want, why, you know, you have to tell them why they need a solution to a problem. Again, sometimes you have to point to a problem that they can't see or create a problem for them that you already have a solution for. So whatever you're doing needs to be solution-based. There's a problem, you have a solution. That's why they're choosing you. And the other one is your competitive advantage. Now, when I say why they're choosing you, meaning that why they need a solution. Now, when it comes to choosing you, it's what are you going to do? What's your value proposition? How are you going to get into the door? What's going to make them want your solution versus the other one? And keep in mind, I'm kind of talking twofold here. Go on the assumption that there's, you know, people call it white space. There's very, there are very few new inventions and particularly with, um, outside of the tech space, particularly with, I just say a lot of the small firms that I see and talk to are early stage entrepreneurs, they're coming up with highly substitutable products. And that at the end of the day is that you're going to have to displace one. So you have to have a very strong value proposition when you're competing head to head with someone. The next thing where you can build credibility is in your market overview. It doesn't cost you anything to know what's going on in the space. Do your homework become a student. You need to be the subject matter expert, not only on your product, but about yourself as well as the industry. And that goes a long way for everyone. Know the competitive landscape, what's happening in the market, how are customers gravitating towards things, what things do they like, what things do they not like, how are people promoting it, who are all the players in the space, where are these goods sold or these services, how do people find them? 
in the other one, what's in it for the client? It has to be worth their time. Even if you have a solution or you found white space for a problem, if it's not gonna garnish a decent amount of return, who cares? You want them to care. And that's what they're gonna look at. Remember folks, you're likely in business for profit. You're a for-profit business. You're likely selling to for-profit firms if you're in the B2B space um, or any space really, <laughs> unless you're selling directly to the consumer. So they wanna know what's in it for them because they're gonna have to put in work to integrate your product or service into their system. And they wanna make sure that it's gonna be worth their time. And last but not least, the current business overview. What this is, is I said, not only be a subject matter expert in the industry, but be a subject matter expert about you. What's your company size? What your current clients look like? It's basically your company DNA. Now, this is more for those smaller firms who've already been out there in their journey, or those that are starting this wouldn't, this probably wouldn't apply to too many of the early stage uh, entrepreneurs out there. But at some point, even the early stage entrepreneur, you got to know your company's DNA. You know, what does it stand for? Your mission statement, your logos, you know, your branding, your client list, your current size. Where do you think, how large do you want to grow? And the other one in your current business overview is thinking about your channel strategy. Now, your channel strategy is who you're going to target. Who, what clients do you want? I said earlier, a second ago, who are your current clients? Think about your future clients as well. Now, oftentimes, and if you followed us for any amount of time on this podcast, you'll know I've said this over and over again. Uh, everyone shouldn't be your client. If your channel strategy, so again, your channel strategy is where do you want your goods and services distributed? You need to know what type of market you're going for. That uh, could be regional. It could be the size of the companies you want to target. It could be companies that only operate with X number of employees. It could be a number of things but you need to have a target audience that you wanna to talk to. And so often I hear people say, oh, my target market is everyone. It can't be. Your goods and services should not be built for everyone. You know, you can't have products in Dollar Tree, the same item in a Dollar Tree that you would have in a Neiman Marcus or Nordstrom. Your products should not be in both of the, in, all, in those places. So you need to make sure that you have a grasp of where you want your product to be and who your target audience is, because that's going to help you with your marketing. It also is going to help you to find the size of the prize for you. So I talked a little bit about the ROI for the client. You want to make sure that the marketplace is big enough for you as well. So that's where all those things um, come into play and how they're important. So with that, folks, hopefully you enjoy this little, I'm going to call it a, a bonus edition on your value creation checklist and what's your MVP. So again, five things to think about. Start with the problem statement. What are you solving for? The market overview. What's the state of the industry? What's happening? What is it that people want to know and how you can plug into that? What does the competitive landscape look like? Who are the players? How are they driving demand? How are they acquiring customers? Uh, what are they doing and why? And again, what's in it for the client? It has to be something in it for them, for them to choose you. So you need to think about what type of return on their investment they're going to get. And last but not least, as you grow and you scale and become from you, from concept uh, and actually start your business. And again, for those who are even in business today, what's your company DNA? 
what's your channel strategy? So hopefully these few tips can help you out on your journey and always reach out to us at any time. We're going to have some info at the closing credits that you can see, and I'll also be in the description as well. So thanks for joining me. Look forward to seeing you next time on Get the Bigs. Take care. Bye. Thanks for joining us on this segment. We would love to hear your feedback about today's subjects. Shoot us a message on Instagram at Get2Biz or email us at info at Get2Biz.com to stay up to date with all our future endeavors. This podcast is made possible by viewers like you. We hope the info given today encourages you to get up and get to biz.